What's up everybody? Nate, Startup Nation. You may recognize this face. You definitely can't miss him. He is the man, Zach King. He is, uh, I brought him on in the first couple episodes actually, and him and I have been keeping in touch obviously and talk a lot about all the different episodes and he had some more stuff I think that would be really valuable for you. So episodes 31, 32, Zach King, listen in. Sir. All right, so what we're going to talk about today, Zach, on, on episode 31 here is, uh, is a lot about some of your experiences. So for people that didn't listen to the initial ones or maybe not remember, Zach has an immense amount of experience, one in the entrepreneurial world, two, what we're going to talk about today regarding leaving a legacy. His grandfather is extremely successful. He's in his own right very successful. Um, he owned and ran 55 chicken nows at one point. Um, he's done very high-level sales, and he recently just opened up a pretty awesome Cuban place in Las Vegas. So um, the experience we'll talk to today is going to be firsthand, and I think you guys will listen a lot about it. And then, you know, for me personally, I don't have as much experience about leaving a legacy. Um, I'm kind of a first gen when it comes to that. My entire family, for the most part, has been either self-employed with just one employee, or they've all been the nine to five type of environment for till they're 65 and then retire. And so this is actually something him and I have had a lot of discussions about on what that looks like. So, and then episode 32, we're going to talk a little bit more about exit strategies when you start a business, what that looks like, and then how that's either left or how you were to remove yourself from that business and what that looks like. So that'll be episode 32. So tell me a little bit about, I know you talked about your grandfather, we can talk about maybe the first gen, like for somebody like myself and how the scenario is in where clearly I have a, lot, a long way to go, but you know, if this continues to go the way it's looking, I'm going to eventually have to leave that on to somebody, right, and leave a legacy because you can't, the whole famous saying, you can't, you know, uh, pull the truck full of cash with a hearse, yeah, right? No, and, and, and that doesn't, that, that, that's not going to mean anything to anybody long-term, right? And so talk a little bit about your experiences with that. For sure. So when I started Chicken Out, majority of my recipes were actually my granddad's. The fried chicken recipe, the coleslaw, I mean, some of those homemade dishes were actually his that I brought into a, a fast casual concept. Um, and so to give you kind of the background, my granddad, you know, started restaurants in the 40s. He owned, um, you know, soul food restaurants, fine dining. 40s. Think of it that way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, he's a black guy before integration, um, had his own nightclub bar. Um, he had a guy with a third grade education, okay. um, you know, basically, you know, <laughs> grew up doing yards and working in the fields in, in, in southern part of Georgia. Um, so here's a guy who's, you know, started in the 40s and, and unfortunately passed away in 1984. I was only about nine months old when he passed. But, you know, for, throughout his tenure, he had multiple different businesses, you know, like I said, and also owned real estate. And the, the tricky part for me is a lot of the things that I'm inspiring to do, he already has done. Sure. And so I reached out to Nate last week saying, hey, you know, I've been watching a lot of your podcasts and something that I think that could help the listeners and even some of the owners that have been on this podcast. Because um, obviously you're busting your ass for a reason. You're doing this for your family. Even if you're passionate about this, there's, there's some other person or some other it's not just financial right yeah. yeah so you know it's one of those things hey you bust your ass for 40 years you build this thing up you get it huge and then then what happens um and unfortunately my family and like a lot of families out here they don't you, you're not prepared for that type of success if you've never had anybody here's a guy with a third grade education i mean who would have taught him how to handle money? especially first gen right, right. yeah like we're the first this is the first person in the family where you haven't had like anywhere to learn no no coach no nothing 
um, and you've been extremely successful, but what you haven't been uh, successful at doing is transitioning not only that responsibility, but that, that the, the, the financial aspect, but even just the leadership of how to run those businesses. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, it's one of those things, you know, some people can do it, but not everybody can coach. Yeah. You know, I'm wearing this Michael Jordan shirt for a reason. He's a great player, but you see Michael Jordan. He ain't coaching. <laughs> but that's the same philosophy with like even at a, at a lower level where the best salespeople weren't ever generally the best uh, sales managers. It just even oh. though un- unfortunately in that in that world that's kind of how it works. But where they just say, oh, well, you killed it in sales, you mean sales manager. But in, in general, I mean that's why a lot of coaches even in the NBA right now weren't the best players. No, at all. They maybe were role players like you know the C curves or yeah. people like that. Yeah. Great teammates and they they were almost like a player coach when they were playing. I mean like Steve Kerr's a perfect yeah. example, yeah. right? He's I mean it sounds bad, but he's a far better coach than he was a player. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, right, so. so talk a little. I know you also said with your with your grandfather that he like owned a whole city block. Yeah. So he, he basically he owned a city block. His motto was basically from the from the cradle to the grave. He wanted to get every aspect of business from there. And he literally owned a restaurant, a barber shop. Uh, a funeral home, and that was his aspect. He's like, no matter what aspect of life, I can make some money off you. And on top of that, he also owned the real estate. So not only were you, you know, uh, he was partnering with you. Say, if you were the barber, yep. he was he was partnering with you on the barbershop, but he also owned the real estate once the barbershop was at. And in Tampa, Florida, the, the street he was on in his time was called Main Street. And the section of that they've actually renamed after him, which is called Moses White Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a huge civil rights activist, and in a lot of ways, uh, he you know was ahead of his time. But what he had issues with, and this is me looking back, you know, in hindsight, it's always 2020. Of course, I was nine months old when he died. But, you know, throughout the first 10 years of my life is when a lot of that family fortune and, and businesses really, you know, disappeared because you didn't have anybody to 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 basically do what he was doing or even want to right? Yeah. And, you know, even though he was successful in a lot of ways, some areas in where, in my opinion, and where he failed, was, you know, you, you know, when you have kids, you have to really show them, hey, that this is not only the reward, but this is how you get there. These are the steps that it takes. This is what I did. And a lot of people, unfortunately, they want to give kids things that they've never had or things that, you know, hey, when I was growing up, I was poor, this and that. But you, you, you miss out on a lot of those good lessons that they need to learn in order for them to be further successful. And I think that was one of the biggest failures. <coughs> and in a lot of, you know, I'll just speak personally, a lot of minority businesses, you see that that issue where there's a huge difficulty with that generational transfer of wealth. And some of it becomes, you know, some of it, I, I sum it up like this. First part of it is maybe, hey, you know, this is my money, this is my business, you know, good luck. I'm rich, you're not. You know, I mean, you, yeah. you get some of that. You yeah. know, you get some people like, hey, I don't care if you're my son or daughter or what, figure it out, yeah. right? I'm the millionaire, you're not. So you get that, okay? And then you get some people who, like I said, they're just trying to give their kids everything that they never had and they're missing out on those lessons. Mm-hmm. And then you give some people, like my granddad, he had a third grade education. I mean, certain things you just don't know, you know, unless you've been taught. You don't have that, like we said earlier, we don't have that coach or that teacher to mentor you on how to be financially successful. Um, you know, you may make money, but, you know, as we know, keeping it and saving it is the hard yeah, part. Most people spend what they yeah. earn. No matter how much. You can make yeah. 20 grand a year and spend 20 grand a year, or you can make a half a million and spend half a million. Exactly. Right? It doesn't matter. Never enough. No. So I guess for the listeners out there, what would be your advice for those people that are either that are first generation or starting to become more successful and what that looks like? Because they got to have some form of a plan. It's not like it's much harder, I would presume, when you were at your grandpa's age also now to say, oh, well, I only have a couple more years left on this earth. Let me let me just now. Yeah, it's versus starting it early. Right? Yeah, it's definitely not a it's not a situation where you can do overnight. It's got to start in the beginning. And it's got if you have children involved. It's got to start from a young age. You've got to get them to buy into what daddy does or what mama does or what so-and-so does, right? Um, and, and that's the immediate family. 
and you've got to say, hey, you know, you may not want to clean hoods for a living. Or you like my granddad, he had a barbecue restaurant, chicken. You may not, you may not want to fry chicken or, or work the barbecue pit. I get it. But let me at least show you how we're able to have this lifestyle and how daddy or granddaddy or whoever got to this point. Mm -hmm. And just because you don't want to fry chicken, that doesn't mean that you can't manage it from a, a, a higher level. Or even if you're not going to, if you're going to sell the business, at least maintain the financial fortune that I've had. You know, it's one thing to not want to fry chicken and then, and then go broke too. Yeah, <laughs> which, which unfortunately happens a lot, right? I mean, I specifically in the sports world, but even, even people that maybe didn't earn that, they don't mm -hmm. realize how much blood sweat tears no. you know that you went through to get there and so because it came so easy yeah right a lot of times i would say majority of the times it's not it's it's why the money goes away so quickly totally and i think too in my particular granddad situation you know he had seven kids you, know, you as a parent you're gonna know i mean every kid i mean not to say parents have their favorites or this and that but as a parent you know your children and you're going to be have to be able to decide okay you know is nate jr the the front runner who's going to be able to lead this or is it going to be Michael? Who is it going to be to kind of help me uh, uh, keep this legacy going? And you're just going to have to be honest with yourself and with your kids as to how this whole thing is going to be divvied up and controlled and, and have them buy into, hey, you may not like it or you may not understand it right now, but for the later greater good of the family, this is, what's, this is what we're going to have to do. And I mean, unfortunately, it just is what it is. And then have that understood before you die. Well, also, really, you know? I have a couple examples of that. I was actually talking to my mechanic the other day. <clears throat> the sake of keeping things uh, private for him, he, he um, was talking a lot about that same thing. His uh, father-in-law is extremely wealthy. I mean, probably 50 to $100 million mm -hmm. type guy, right? He owns multiple buildings, owns a significant portion of a city in San Diego, all the land and all that stuff. And he said, hey, I want to get you involved in the real estate game. And he just said, hey, clearly it's nice that you've been very successful, but that's not my passion, right? But he, but he, but he so he rather work his ass off, grow his freaking, his business, even though his business isn't being a mechanic, his business is business and helping right. people, and the real estate game isn't helping people. No. So he, so he, indirectly is going to really appreciate that money if it, if it eventually ends up in his hands or not. I think that he has the right uh, process in which he's going to appreciate where yeah. what it takes to get there, mm -hmm. versus just saying when this guy passes, here's fifty mil. Right. Right. Which which might really fuck him up to be honest with you, compared mm -hmm. to with the, the way he's going right now, which I really gain a lot of respect for him. Right. Because totally. it's like, because he also had the same discussion with him saying. You know, this particular person that owns all this real estate, from what I was told, uh, started with $3 million. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a lot easier when you start with $3 million right. to grow your business. For him, he's like, I don't want, he hasn't, he hasn't asked for one penny since he's grown this business. He's literally doing it off of his, the hard work of him and his partner, mm -hmm. and they want to earn it the right way, right? Cause, totally. and, then, and clearly, if things ever shit hit the fan, he has a backup contingency plan, but he doesn't want to rely on that. He wants to do it himself. Not at all. So then he respects hey, this is what I've done, totally. this is my legacy, it wasn't off the back of ABC, right? right? And, and let's be, I mean, and that's, that's, that's half of the people are like that, and then it's always good, it is good to have that safety yeah. net. I mean, it's, it's nice to be able to have that option on the table, even if you don't use it. Because there's certain people that, you know, hey, like I said, my granddad, you may not want to fry chicken or do barbecue, but hey, as long as we can keep the fa family fortune intact, you know, maybe you can go start your own mechanic shop or yeah. you can start your own body shop. Yeah. This, you can use the, the chicken money or the barbecue money to help define your passion. But, you know, you got to crawl before you walk. If you, if you mess up the first hustle, yeah. how are we getting on the second and third hustle? Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's a lot easier to, to really have time to focus on your passion when you have a little bit of a bankroll and a cushion. You know, when you're robbing Peter to pay Paul and keep the lights on, I mean, it's like it's more about the, the survival mode rather than a passion. I but mean, I think, yeah, I think that's important to have a little bit of that, though, right? Sure. Because, I mean, you have to have your passion as well. But the, the reality is, is 
your passion doesn't always equate to just instant cash flow. And money, yeah, right? not at all, right? I mean, it's like when I was growing up as a kid, I told my mom, oh, I want to do this and do that. She's like, well, you need to find a real job. I mean, yeah. it's the same, you, you know, that's how it is, right? So, but yeah, I think that's the, that's the huge part. And then I think too, you have to have those kids to understand that because a lot of times, you know, you, you have multiple, I mean, if you're only a child like me, it's whatever, everything's going to you, one person anyway. But if you've got multiple siblings, man, I mean, it's just like, you can have five fingers and always going to be the same ones. You're going to have different personalities. Everybody wants to do something different and you're going to have to have that understanding with them. I got a friend, uh, again, out of respect for him, that um, his, they own a very large business in California. I'll leave it at that. There's 13 kids in a house in Ranch Santa Fe, probably, a, I think I looked it up once, it was like a seven or eight million dollar home. It's, it's just ridiculous, right? And they have 13 kids and two or three of them or four of them work in the, in the business. But like we were talking off camera today, yeah. a lot of them are just sitting there collecting a paycheck. God knows what they're really doing. And then, and then the other four or five of them are still living in, in this giant mansion and yet for free, but they're like 40 years old with two kids. Right, and it's like, it, it makes you wonder what that looks like in 30 years, right? And so. And that goes back to what we're saying. You want your kids to have the lifestyle you never had, but you, they're missing out on those hard lessons. And unfortunately, I mean, I don't know those people personally, but just from but even personal family members that I have that are similar to that, you know, you're setting people up for, for failure. You basically have adults that don't know how to function on their own financially or wouldn't if you dropped them off on, you know, a random city, they wouldn't know how to survive because they don't have those same tactics. So in my opinion, that's more, you know, teaching a child how to survive and hustle on their own is more beneficial than just giving them you know, a nest egg to, to do nothing for the rest of their life. And there's a lot of people out there that have maybe been wealthy if they listen to this and say, well, that's bullshit. I was wealthy. I gave my, and they've been successful. We're not saying that. That doesn't happen. No. We're just saying with, from our experience, and I, and I can name, yeah. you know, 95% of my friends that have had that, that have money and where they're at, I've had people physically tell me, I almost rather have not had anything and learn these lessons now that I know this, then I'm going to start where I'm at because it's almost yeah. it's almost worse. Yeah, right? yeah. I think uh, Mike Tyson said, uh, "Poverty's made more heroes than privilege." You yeah. know, so it's that type of aspect. And then think about it: if you're that, let's say you are that rich kid and you still are busting your ass. Yeah. You know, you got Joe Blow or your cousin or whoever over here sitting home playing PlayStation, and you know th that that's got to wear on you. Of you course, know, like, yeah, that's your circle, know, right? We're yeah, all rich, we're all loaded. We get it, but. Like, how can, how can I go to work every day and bust my ass trying to take this legacy even further or build this business even further? And I got my cousin or nephew over here, you know, just collecting a check and, you know, <laughs> for yeah. doing nothing just because they've got the same last name. Yeah. So that, that, that's got to be, and I say that falls back on the leader, whoever started that business. I mean, you, you hate to make that tough decision because obviously you love all your children, but you have to because you're not going to have, if you've got seven kids, not all of them are going to be leaders. I mean, that's just un unfortunate truth. Yeah. And it's the reality. I mean, if, that, if everybody in this country were all leaders, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with somebody to have to yeah. work, right? It'd be a problem. So, so I guess that's the point of the of what we wanted to get through today to um, the people listening to this is that you know when if you're starting up your own business and if you have children or if you have a family member, make sure you set the expectations and clarity right away, assuming that you're going to be very successful, right? I mean, uh, to be very transparent, my wife and I, Ashley, she's pregnant. For the people that don't know it out there, super happy about it. Little baby girl coming. Um, and we've already had the discussions on how we theoretically will raise her, assuming that we're continuing to have the success we're having, right? Um, where, you know, I was raised, if I had to borrow 50 cents for baseball cards, I had to pay it back. I mean, my dad worked in TJ fixing Greyhound racetracks, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and we, by no means, were wealthy, middle, lower class type environment. And so we're going to have that same similar philosophy for mm -hmm. when we raise our children. And there's no one right way of doing no. it, right? But we're at least having the discussion saying, what do you think we think is best for our family? And what does this look like from a green guard, right. a hardcore fitness standpoint? What environment do we want them to be put in and what lessons do we want them to learn, right? Totally. And so I think it's really important to at least have that basic understanding as, 
um, from either a family, even if it's your uncles, cousins, down to your children, so everybody has a clear expectations, which is part of that leadership thing you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. If there's no lack, if there's a lack of clarity when it comes yeah. to that, that's when shit hits the fan. So, right? and for those guys out there, I mean, I, I can't reiterate enough what Nate just said. I mean, that was if I look back at my my grandma and grandpa night and day. You know, granddad was at the restaurant. You know, seven days a week, mama was home. So it's like a great job. Kudos to you, Nate, because if you don't have that wife buy in to that whole vision, I mean, you can you can be have the best plan in the world. But if mama's home telling them, hey, you can have a car. Yeah, <laughs> you know, how it is. so got to definitely be a both both parent buy in. I think she her and I both realize it's really important to have life lessons. Right. Because yeah. there's this has not been an easy ride for me to be where I'm at. And I still have quite a bit of uh, ways to go. But the reality is, is that if I didn't learn a lot of these lessons, I wouldn't by no means would have been here. No. Now, I, if I just had money handed to me for me personally, knowing myself, I would have just been w- w- way more complacent last mm-hmm. days ago, which probably wouldn't have, would have led me down a completely different path in life. Right? Yeah. So I gotta give my props to my parents for that yeah. too. Right? They didn't come for money, but the reality is, is relevant to, there wasn't money introduced, they gave me the right lessons. 100%, and that's more valuable. Way more valuable, 100%. right? So. Um, Anything else? To no, I think stuff? that's it. Think okay, that's cool. It. So episode 31 today, we wanted to, it's a little bit different startup nation, but it's, you know, regarding when you want to start up a business, there's a lot more to think about outside of just how to grow it, your business plan, your, you know, your CPA you use and all the stuff we've talked about in the past. This is talking about more from at a personal level and where you should maybe at least consider some of the perspectives that we're bringing to the table when it comes to what, what kind of legacy you're going to leave and, and how you're going to teach us lessons to, so that legacy is left in the proper manner. So I appreciate you listening to Startup Nation, episode 31. Thanks.